Our first reading can be found on page 172 in the Old Testament of the Bible. It's taken from Deuteronomy chapter, <coughs> excuse me, chapter 8, verses 7 to 18. Moses is addressing the Israelites. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters, welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whom, from whose, from, and from whom, whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances and his statutes which I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them and when your herds and flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied then do not exalt yourself forgetting the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery who led you through the great and terrible wilderness an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions he made water flow for you from flint rock and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know. To humble you and to test you, and in the end to do you God good. Do not say to yourselves, my power and the might of my own hand have gained me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing today. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Gospel. The Gospel reading can be found on page 71 of the New Testament. It's taken from Luke, chapter 12, verses 16 to 30. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O God. Then Jesus told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? 
So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. He said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying, for it is the nations of the world that will strive after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord God. Lord God, we give thanks for your plentiful abundance this harvest. We remember that all good things come from you. And so we come to you today and study your word and long to be transformed by your love. We ask this in your mighty name. Amen. Do take a seat, everyone. It's a, a wonderful thing to be talking at Harvest, and yet yeah, it's quite amusing. As a clergyman, I have quite mixed views about Harvest, um, and as someone who's always lived in cities, I have mixed views about Harvest. As a, a vicar, um, a number of my friends get really unusual requests when it comes to harvest. Oh, oh, vicar, will you come and bless my tractor um, before um, I um, do the mowing? Otherwise, the, the blades will, will break. Um, others will say, oh, uh, generally they're called father. In, when they ask this, father, will you come to my cider wassail? Um, um, you, can, you can sprinkle your water, you can do your thing. Um, we'll wear our flower crowns um, I'll introduce you to the shaman, he's really nice, and we can just have some cider. Perfect. It's quite unusual what we get asked to do. We also get invited into schools, which is such a, a lovely thing, and all the children are learning about uh, what grows and crops and how to be generous. Um, but as a vicar, it's, it's sort of difficult, because you're asked to give um, some serious and meaningful um, thoughts, and you look out at the children in front of you, um, and this was a genuine experience that I had, and half of them were wearing bananas on their foreheads. 
and I just couldn't keep a straight face. Um, They were going to do a song about bananas or something, um, and I just couldn't keep it together. Um, I found it really difficult. Um, I don't know if you've been around at school or you remember with your children, sort of favorite songs. Uh, My favorite is one about pulling turnips. Um, Ten points if you know that one. Um, What it is to do with the gospel, I'm not sure, but it's still a favorite. Now, living in a city um, for most of my life and devoid from that sense of the agricultural year quite a lot. Though, you know, I've invariably had farmers or agricultural people in my congregations, it's sometimes felt a little devoid, hasn't it, Um, from the agricultural year. What is the significance of harvest in a way that we might have remembered it more clearly in the past? But now if I want an apple now, maybe it's from the UK. If I want one in March, maybe it's from South Africa, but I didn't even notice the difference if I didn't check the sticker before pulling it off. In the past, we might have done a big push, wouldn't we, have to get the harvest in, and now we come to our harvest festival and we give thanks for all the goodness that God has given to us. It's interesting, actually, in this place, that though we're part of the city of Sheffield now, at one point this was a rural parish. You, though you go into the churchyard and you remember the great and good, but this church also serviced the fields around. There was a mine just around the corner. It serviced uh, the people who used to walk down the hill uh, to Porter Brook to, to the mills who worked there. Many seasonal um, work was done from this area. This said, I'm not a Scrooge about harvest. Um, And actually, there are some important messages that we can remember. And actually, I really like that at least once a year, we remember what we can learn from harvest season. And every autumn, we choose to remember these things. And so we'll be concentrating firstly on that first um, reading from Deuteronomy. And there are three things that I think that it reminds us of. Firstly, that the Lord is good. Secondly, that the Lord will provide. And thirdly, that we can trust him for our needs. That first point, that the Lord is good. That reading from Deuteronomy comes in a great swathe of teaching that is given through the person of Moses, through that time of, uh, in the desert. They have escaped from captivity, but they haven't entered into the promised land yet. And through autumn, we've been considering Abraham, haven't we? Um, and what is he offered? He's told that you will be the father of a great nation, that you will have many descendants, that you will have a land, that you will have a home. And here we are several generations later the people are wondering they're wondering about what's that all about what about that promise of Abraham they ended up in slavery they ended up in Egypt but that was actually because there had been a famine in their own land and God had taken them out and he had provided for them taken them into Egypt for their safety then generation later They had been put into captivity and God was now drawing them out, providing for them and would be putting them into a land. 
But now they're out, but they're not in their home yet. And we have this short 40-year field trip to learn how to trust God, that God is good, that God will keep his promises and that they can be trusted. And so he provides for them in many ways, like manna in the desert, quail, water being struck from the rock. But in today's passage, he is painting a picture for them of the abundance that he will be giving to them, a land without scarcity, without lack of anything, a future hope while they trust for today, a land where there will be food, wheat, barley, figs, pomegranates, olive trees and honey with resources like copper from the ground. It says that the Lord is trustworthy and that he will provide. But now it's over to them. They need to put their trust in God. They need to know that he will provide for them and to act accordingly. And so they need to trust him by keeping his commandments. This passage comes soon after the giving of the Ten Commandments and um, explaining what that will mean to trust him for their provision. And it's clear that when they have seen that God will provide, that they are to trust him. But it's also clear to say, to be careful. It says, don't say for yourself, I'm doing all right for myself. I've built a pretty good thing for myself here because that forgets that God is going to be the source of all of their goodness. That when they have realize that they're doing all right for themselves, not to to become self-righteous about themselves. That Deuteronomy passage says, do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And so this 40 years seems a harsh and long time, but it's this lesson, this lesson that says, why it's important to remember that God has provided for them. God will provide for them. And this is the the message we remember each year at harvest, whether we are feeling like we're lacking and we need to trust God, whether we have plenty and we need to remember that God is the source of plenty, that God is the source, that God will provide, that God is good. And even if we aren't seeing more than the hay baler driving up and down Ringing Low Road, we are to remember that still because God has been providing for us. He has made promises. He has been faithful to his promises and we should always remember his goodness. But perhaps we are in a difficult time. Perhaps we aren't feeling in a comfortable and stable position. Our gospel passage talks about that sense of worry. What if you are, if you're feeling like you're worrying, if you feel like you're in the midst of challenge, well then, this passage, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, speak to you that, that God is faithful, that God drew his people out of slavery and he said, I will 
be providing for you. He didn't tell them at once they had received it all. He told them in the midst of it all. That covenant with Abraham is played out in the remembering of harvest. First with the people of Moses in those first few generations after And then on to our reading that Jesus said in Luke's Gospel. He also flips it on its its head. It talks about goodness and generosity of God. But it also says that once you've got what you need, there's no point in storing up. There's no point in having more than you need. What are you going to do anyway? Are you going to build a bigger barn? Well, you couldn't have even taken a small one with you. Jesus is teaching them that God has been providing, God is trustworthy, but yet so many generations more, and they still struggle to trust. In that time in Deuteronomy, God had been providing for them in the wilderness. That, That wonderful lesson of the manna in the wilderness Gather enough for today. Those who gathered lots had enough. Those who gathered little had enough. And when it came to the Sabbath, they would have enough for two days. But those who tried to gather up too much, what does it say? There was no point. Each had enough. God provides, and we can trust him for our provision. But we shouldn't try to um, store up for ourselves in excess. They were being told that in their 40 years on the way to the promised land and Jesus was still teaching it to them in his day. God is faithful. He knows what we need, but we don't need more. And keeping things in perspective, Jesus says, for life is more than food. The body is more than clothing. This harvest, we trust in God's goodness for our lives. We give thanks that we have seen that he is faithful in our lives. We remember that we aren't the source of goodness, that he is the source of goodness for our lives, that it is a gift for us. When we are in times of challenge, we are to trust in his goodness in the same way that we are when we feel like we have much. And we're told to remember to keep it in perspective, not collecting wealth for ourselves for no reason, but using it to see more goodness in the world. And I love that that's, you know, with things like harvest collections, This is seeing, I have received the goodness of God and I will give it out. In our tithes, in our offerings, these are our physical way to remind ourselves that God is in control, that it's all a gift. At the beginning, I was slightly mocking of harvest, but it's a wonderful time to remember fact that in some ways is so simple giving thanks after another year after another agricultural harvest but also it's a many layered thing for our souls and a blessing on the church 
which certainly I need to come back to at least once a year. Let's remember that God is good, that the Lord has provided, and that we can trust him for all our needs. Let's pray together. Lord God, in this moment, whether we feel we have lots or we feel we need to trust you for our provision, we put our trust in you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all of the agricultural work around this area. We put our trust in you for our lives and for all our needs. And we give you thanks for this season to remember. We ask this in your mighty name.